0: Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.
1: Welcome to Inside Out with your host, Beth Green. This is James Maynard, your co-host. Today's topic... Inside Voice America, your favorite radio network, Jeff Gerstle tells all. Here's your chance to find out what goes on behind the scenes at Voice America. Hey, for myself, for example, I, you wouldn't believe how much scrambling I do each week. Oh well. <laughs> Somehow the show goes on. In this episode of Inside Out, we'll be interviewing Jeff Gerstle, Director of Host Services for Voice America. Jeff is the go-to person for us hosts who need help and has been around long enough to know all. But will he tell? You can play a big part, too, by calling in your questions or emailing and daring him to answer. How does he really feel about working for Internet Radio? And what's it like dealing with hosts? His boss? What are his funniest experiences in live radio? And what got him into the radio to start with? So stay tuned. Uh, And by the way, we're going to also have, in addition to Beth, we may possibly have the guru and or Madame Mazurka uh, also as a pop in, and um, they might chime in and have something to say as well. So, without further ado, here's your host, Beth Green, from the Inside Out.
0: Hi there. Uh, it's it's good to see you in a way, uh, to know you're there. Well, um, first I want to share with you that we are, James and I, are in our latest home, our latest temporary home, <laughs> Those of you who have been listening to the show since the mid of October know that every time we talk to you, we're somewhere else. Well, we're somewhere else again, but we're somewhere else so beautiful. I'm looking out at a river. There's rapids in the river. There's mountains. It's green. It's just lovely. And so I am so excited to be doing this show from these beautiful natural areas of Oregon and to be able to reach out to you from here and communicate to you the wonderful chi that nature brings and ah so and we are going to be here we hope a few months instead of a few days so the way i'd like to open today is that i just want to sit here in a moment of gratitude and transmit to you if i can if you can feel it some of that wonderful vibrational energy that you feel in these gorgeous green mountains with the river flowing And if you don't feel anything, pretend that you do. Okay, it won't take long. (sighs) (sighs) Thank you. Well, as usual, I'd like to start with a couple of emails from our last show, comments. So we got a comment from Helen in California. And the last show we did was about technology, about, you know, in our Thanksgiving this year to recognize all the technology and all that it does for us and take a look at why we're sometimes kind of blocked around embracing it. So Helen said, great show about technology. Hard to believe how many areas of our lives are touched by it. Thanks for the reminder to be grateful. And by the way, we had Kevin, our engineer, Uh, talking with us last time which was very cool because after all he is the technology guy (laughs) for our show one of the people who's behind the scenes at, uh, at Inside Out so here is another comment by Irene she said as I was not able to listen at three today I just got you on the podcast great show it's fun listening to the podcast because you can work at the same time but frustrating because I wanted to comment, question. I love the idea to thanksgiving for technology. We're often such grinches about it, and it does so much for us. When I first began to use a computer, my description of the process was seduced and abandoned since it offered so much, and then let you down just when you were beginning to count on it. <laughs> Thanks again. Love, Irene. And I think that she really, uh, she said it all. You know, we've we've all had that experience, you know, technology offering us so much and at the same time having so many frustrations with it. So today, I'm going to be interviewing uh, Jeff Gerstle, and before I do, I'd like to talk a little bit about my experience with Voice America. So I haven't been here a long, long time, so I'm not going to have all these delicious stories to share, but I do want to share a little bit from the heart which is I have really, really enjoyed my time with this program and with the staff at Voice America. Um, when I first got a call about do you want to host a radio show, It's like, like, uh, well, I've thought about it before, but eh, I don't want to do Internet radio or eh, it's too time-consuming or eh, eh, I'm, I don't know, I'm too tired or too busy or too something. But deep down inside, it was like, yeah, yeah, it's Christmas. I get to have a radio show under the tree this year. (laughs) I have always wanted to do a radio show. I have been interviewed. Most of you don't know anything about me, but I've been interviewed on the radio many, many times in my life. I was a social activist from a very young age, and then I became a spiritual teacher. And throughout, you know, I found myself on radio, on television, doing interviews, and but I always wanted to be on the other side, like, ah. I could do a better job than that. Well, it's not so easy, of course, as I've discovered. (laughs) But uh, the opportunity to self-express and the opportunity to reach out to folks that you'll never meet. And, I mean, you know how it is with this Internet radio. Most of you aren't listening live. Most of you listen later. And then you don't write. You don't call I'll never know your names, I'll never hear your voices, and you probably won't even tell me you're there, but we know by the numbers that you are there. And I can feel it when I sit down, I just feel the excitement that that there's all these people that we are communicating with across time and space, and it's fabulous, really. And then I get to introduce you to some really interesting people who have interesting things to say, I hope, I think they're interesting, and get a little take on things, and we fool around with Madame Azurka and the guru come on. They are both my alter egos. They sometimes come out of my mouth, and I have no control over what they're going to say. And so it's always live. It's always alive. It's always spontaneous. Uh, it's a you never know whats going to happen experience. And the people of Voice America are very kind and very supportive. And here's the best part. The, the crew at Voice America is professional enough to get it done, but human enough to make mistakes. (laughs) So I don't have to feel like a complete incompetent. So we take turns making goof-ups. And as Jeff Gerstle has said to me, it's live radio. And I love that, because so many of you are hearing it podcast, but we are doing it live, and all kinds of goofy things happen. So... Jeff, as we said in the intro, is like the go-to person for the hosts uh, like me, and uh, he is just the nicest guy. I'm always running into some crisis or another, and when all else fails, I go to Jeff. (laughs) And the thing that I love about Jeff is that he is so gracious about the whole thing. He just, whatever, you know, whatever it is, he finds a way to help. And I really, really appreciate it. And he's got a delicious voice, which, of course, is great for radio, and uh, a wonderful uh, personality. And so it occurred to me, wouldn't it be great during the holidays when we're trying to promote a little fun to interview Jeff Gerstle? And we really sincerely hope that he's going to spill some beans uh, for us. Don't forget to email in a question or call in today if you want to, if, you're, if you are live If you want to ask Jeff a question, too. But uh, with uh, no further ado, I would like to introduce you to Jeff Gerstle, who is the Director of Host Services here at VoiceAmerica.com. Thanks, Beth.
2: Good to be here.
0: (laughs) I hope so. (laughs) So, Jeff, why don't you first off tell people what is the Director of Host Services? What do you do?
3: Oh, what don't I do is more like the uh, (laughs) ask, right? (laughs) Uh, Actually, I work with hosts that are just coming on board, just like yourself. Mm -hmm. And I basically work with them for about, oh, I would say anywhere from six to eight weeks before they launch. I gather all their materials. I coordinate their graphics with our graphic artist. I coordinate their audio. We have an audio team out in Houston uh, and then I help set up the page and kind of go between everything you know getting making sure they have everything they need to get the show descriptions in on time uh, everything they need to get trained we have a great staff um, in production Randy is uh, and Ryan are both uh, the ones that do the training because uh, although I know about the technical training what is needed I'm not really in a position to offer it so And it's uh, basically after they get launched, I'm kind of just uh, there if they need me.
0: Yes, and we do. We do. We do. (laughs) (laughs) So so I'm going to ask you a question, Jeff. You have to be very honest on this show, right? Uh You've heard this show, and you know that people are honest here. So I want to ask you, am I more of a pain in the neck than the other hosts? Do I have more problems? Do I come to you more? Am I kind of average, or am I a saint?
3: Oh, you're a saint, Definitely. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Come on, Jeff. Be honest.
3: Actually, I've never ever I don't really have any problems with any of our hosts, even the ones that are a little uh, uh you know, a little more I would say harder to manage sometimes. But uh, you know, I, I have a knack for getting along with just about anybody.
0: How did you learn that? Where did you learn that knack?
3: Lots of uh management and customer service experience and uh life experience, I guess you could say.
0: Well, tell me about that. Tell us about your prior experience before you even got on the radio that may have prepared you for this wild trip.
3: You're talking about in my past life?
0: Yeah, your, yes.
3: Your actually, past li- actually yeah. radio has kind of bookended things. Uh, I, I started out in radio and then moved into the travel industry uh, where I was managing and doing customer service for uh, travel agencies and selling travel as well. And then kind of moved back into radio, back and forth. Every now and then, even while I was doing travel, I would always get back into the radio business part time, or you know, something locally in San Diego where I live. And uh, the, you know, then eventually got back into this business.
0: So, when you said though a few minutes ago that uh, you've been prepared for this by a lot of your customer service background, uh, is that when you were in the travel business?
3: Most of it, yes, yeah, yeah, I would say most of it um, came right from there. Uh, I was a travel sales manager, so even though I wasn't full on on the customer service part of things, uh, I was still handling a lot of escalated issues. so if you know members of my team weren't uh, you know doing what they were supposed to, then I had to get involved
0: all right, so what has kept you coming back to radio? Forget about internet radio for a moment, but what's kept you coming back to radio? What do you I'm love a, about it?
3: I really just, i have ever since I was a little kid, I've always loved the media business. You know, radio and, and even a little bit into television, although uh, I, I have more of a face for radio, I guess you could say.
0: <laughs> a face but, for uh, radio. A faceless
3: a, for radio. A faceless for radio. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, although nowadays, I mean... Look at internet radio. Look at everything. I mean, our pictures are everywhere because it's all based on the website. Mm. So now you have to have, uh, I guess, better than a face for radio, right?
0: You have to have a face.
3: You have to have a face. And I mean, people want to see that face. I mean, think about back when, well, you know, I, I'm kind of old there. But when I was a kid in the 70s and early 80s, you know, you didn't know who you were talking to. You heard these great voices. Mm. And then you would meet these people. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and you'd be like, huh? Right. Uh, you know, I mean, they would have. Well, back in the 70s, everyone looked like hippies. I mean, they had the, the long, shaggy hair and, and the, the big, thick mustaches. And, you know, they, they looked like they just kind of walked off the street, which they probably had done when they started in radio. <laughs> and, you know, it always shocked me. And then in nineteen eighty five, I started to become one of those people. Oh,
0: you so, mean you let your hair grow, or you started No, to no, no.
3: <laughs> no, I, I mean I was still in high school when I started. But oh, uh, really, yeah, I was working for the number one station in Monterey, uh, which at the time was the seventy fifth largest market uh, in the country, and. Uh, I okay, confess. St-
0: what were you doing other than cleaning the toilets, Jeff?
3: No, you what? Do you really want to know how I? Started? I do. I okay, do. You're, you're going to love this.
0: Okay, we have a couple I, minutes before our first break, so okay, talk it to us.
3: All right, I'll try to make it quick. Uh, I started out as a turkey.
0: Oh my God! <laughs> Talking and about having like, a face.
3: Yeah, exactly. What 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 is a, a turkey? turkey? No, I I dressed up in a turkey. Costume for KDON FM radio in Monterey.
0: Uh, Get dressed up in an outfit when no one.
3: I was I was wishbone the turkey, (laughs) and I basically would go out to remotes. And I mind you, I was about uh, sixteen. Yeah, I was sixteen at the time. I would go out to these remotes, uh, and I would basically. Make my appearance, and all the kids would hug me, and of course the beautiful ladies would hug me too, and they didn't know who I was, so that was always fun. <laughs> and after about a year of this, I st- I moved up to running the countdown shows. You know, Rick D's Top Forty Countdown, mm. and
0: uh, so you were actually on the radio by that time.
3: Well, no, I was behind the scenes. Still I was pushed, behind, the se- okay, still behind the scenes. I was pushing. I was the guy who pushed the buttons. Uh, mm-hmm. And made the commercials go. Mm-hmm. And and the way I got into radio is back then we were allowed, I guess we could say allowed to do weather once an hour. So I would come on in my little uh, you know high school voice and go, "Here's the weather for the Monterey Bay area, <laughs> and uh, it's gonna be foggy tonight, and then maybe sunny tomorrow." And well, anyway. After about a year and a half of this, I went on the air Christmas Day, 1986, was my first air shift, 6 a.m. to noon, I'll never forget it, and uh, I was nervous as you, would, you wouldn't believe.
0: I would believe it. Well, now, here's, here's something that I'd like to ask you. How does the turkey sound on the radio? Gobble, gobble! Okay.
3: <laughs> Can't believe I still can do that voice almost in the same key.
0: i I'm shocked. Actually, actually
3: actually I would talk once in a while, which I probably wasn't supposed to do, but uh
0: You couldn't resist. You know, they,
3: they they let me, you know. <laughs> so run over to the pretty ladies, say, give me a hug, things like that. No, I wasn't huh. that kind of turkey, but you know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
0: right, strutting your feathers, but that's supposed to be a peacock. <laughs> so, Jeff, we are I'm gonna when we come back from commercial I'm going to ask you immediately to talk about some of the funniest things that have happened to you on Voice America. But before we go to break, I'd like you to lead us into break, improvise some turkey, bringing us into our first commercial break. turkey? A turkey. You're the turkey. See if you you can do this. I'm challenging you, Jeff. All I'd
3: be saying is, gobble, 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 (laughs) gobble. (laughs) <laughs> That's about all I was allowed to say.
0: But here, you're. I'm giving this turkey a chance.
3: Uh, okay, so the turkey's got to say something.
0: The turkey is going to tell us that we're going into commercial break and don't go away.
3: Gobble gobble! It's time for a commercial. Gobble gobble gobble. <laughs> we'll be right back. It was something like that.
0: Something like that. Good <laughs> enough. All right. Don't go away. <laughs> The Voice America 7th Wave Channel.
2: Bring Beth into your world in person or via the Internet. Learn how by visiting her website, bethgreen.org. At the website, sign up for her newsletter to keep abreast of her latest activities, blogs, videos, and more. Just for signing up, you'll receive a free PDF copy of Living with Reality, her 688-page volume that helps us understand ourselves in relatable terms, as well as offers a proven program to heal and co-create a better world. But there's more. Learn about Beth's four other books, both fiction and nonfiction. Check out her gorgeous music, which is heartfelt and mystical. Become acquainted with Beth and James's programs for healing and training and discover their community, the Stream Center for the New Spirituality, which welcomes you wherever you are in the world. All this and more can be found at Beth's website, www.bethgreen.org. Again, that's bethgreen.org.
0: Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel.
2: You're tuned in to Inside Out with Beth Green and co-host James Maynard. To reach us on the show, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. If you'd rather send us an email, the address is beth at bethgreen.org. Now, back to Inside Out.
0: Hi there. Welcome back. And we are interviewing Jeff Gerstle, the Director of Host Services here at uh, Voice America. Not just for us at Inside App, for the whole crew. So Jeff has now, uh, been a turkey on our show. (laughs) And, uh, (laughs) we're gonna go, and I just heard this little blip, you know, that comes on before we come out of commercial that says, bring meaning and inspiration into your life. So we, Jeff. We have to give meaning. We've got to make this meaningful and inspirational because we're on the seventh wave. So give us some meaningful, inspirational, but extremely funny stories about what it's like working at Voice America.
3: Oh, I was going to say, you know, almost 30 years and I've come full circle. I'm back to being a turkey on the radio.
0: That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, you know, it's like aging, Jeff. You get into second childhood.
3: <laughs> yeah, okay. There you go. So, I mean, are you looking for funny stories about my career in radio or in Vo- or at Voice America? Because I, you know,
0: Voice America. I mean, tell us something that was was a challenge or that was funny or that was a well, disaster. This, this that is my, turned my this is
3: my life every other day. What are you talking okay, about? Okay,
0: so <laughs> tell us about your life every other day. Just give us a give us a clue. Remember, the people that you're talking to out there listen to Voice America. And they have no idea of what the heck is going on behind the scenes. They hear a relatively smooth production, at least when it's not inside out. Yeah. It's probably relatively smooth, and they don't know what's going on. They they think that's the way it's you know that's the way it is on both sides. So bring us backstage. Tell us something about what it's like on your end.
3: Well, our production team. Uh Basically, our production team works more behind the scenes. I mean, there's not so many things that happen in pre-production that I could say is really, really funny or really, really out there. I mean, a lot of that is more spontaneous and what's happening behind the scenes uh, during the actual show Mm -hmm. where I'm kind of preparing people. So, you know, if something doesn't go right we have time to fix that you know what i mean mm-hmm, i mean mm-hmm. it's not there's not really anything there um now what i could tell you is you know i hosted a show with uh world talk radio which is now part of voice america for 6 years yes and i engineered a number i mean i've done a, I've worn a lot of hats with the company i engineered a number of shows before that and uh you know the one thing and I, and i tell people this all the time it's not really anything specifically funny or silly but it's all about how engaging you are in your content and how, you know, how engaging you are to your audience. Mm. I, we had a host, uh, I won't name him, even though he's no longer with the network. Um, he had one of the most interesting concepts. Uh, the guy was a Hollywood talent agent and he knew everybody in the business. And so I ran his show and you'd think that this show would be one of the most exciting, phenomenal shows that you'd ever, you know, listen to. I mean, he knew, yeah. you know, Tom Cruise, and he knew uh, all these people, and, and he usually did a topic every week about something that had to do with what was going on in television and movies and Hollywood, etc. And it's all about how you present your material, because I was very interested in what he had to say. Mm-hmm. But I would get lost, and, oh. I ran, and I had to listen to his show every week because I ran his show. <laughs> because he just was the most deadpan host I think I've ever encountered. He would be on the air doing, well, yesterday Tom Cruise and I were having lunch and we discussed what makes a good plot line in an action movie. <laughs> and then during the commercial breaks, he would say to me, you know, how did you like that last segment?
2: Oh, God. What
3: did you think about that one point I made? And even though I was interested in his concept, in his topics, it was the way he did his show and the way he delivered it that just put me to sleep practically. And I would just lose my place. I mean, I knew where the commercials were. I mean, I, I knew I didn't. I stayed awake, but I didn't really follow his show. And here I was, kind of stuck in that. Well, how did you like my show?
1: Mm.
3: And I had to kind of just think of anything that he spoke about that I caught.
0: Does that and say, mean oh, that a- you
3: know, the fact that you know Tom Cruise—that was great,
0: <laughs> right? Right. Does that mean that do, do hosts ask the engineer at the end of each show, "How did you like my show this week"?
3: I don't know. You know, but I they- mean, that would be almost a question for your engineer, Kevin. I'm sure.
0: Yeah, Kevin. Do uh, Ke- Kevin, are host- you in
3: with us? <laughs> there we go. Perfect example. So, right. I, I so, guess I, I guess I'm putting people to sleep is what he right. says.
0: <laughs> no, I don't know. Maybe he, he's uh, well, we want he's getting a glass of water. Yeah, One there, never no. knows. But that's that's a very interesting question. So, what is it that you think actually makes a good host, a good host? I mean, what I'm is it about that person that makes them engaging?
3: I really have to narrow it down to being being yourself, being personable, being somebody that I'd want to listen to, somebody I'd want to pal around with, right? Mm-hmm. Because if you are deadpan, you can be the most interesting person in the world. But if you are deadpan and you're not engaging your audience and you're not including them, and and these days it's all about including. I mean, back again, going back to the 70s and 80s and the 60s and whatever, radio was all about announcing, you know, announcing to your listeners. Now it's about making your listeners part of the experience. Oh, I, mean, I this. love that. You've got, you've got Twitter. You've got Facebook. I mean, people can ruin you. They really could. You know, All, all they have to do is say a few bad words, and you know, everyone, someone else who picks up on that is just going to believe that. And next thing you know, it doesn't really matter how good you are on the air. If you're not engaging and really involving your uh, audience, then you probably don't have a great show.
0: Well, Jeff, don't give people ideas that they can ruin our show. <laughs> no,
3: not but at But actually,
0: you're you're putting out a very positive. The other side of that is very positive, which is that our listeners can make our show. Because Exactly. They can tell people, "Oh, you should listen to Inside Out. You never know what's going to happen." Exactly. And you know, I love what you're saying, Jeff. I think this is a very important All right, so here we're at meaningful and inspiring. We, uh, so you managed to tell us a story that was kind of funny, and it is meaningful and inspiring because what you 're saying is that the nature of the medium is changing just like our world in fact in our on our technology show last week, we were talking about communication as one of the, the things that has really changed, and the democratization of the world that comes along with computer technology uh, you know for instance, I was Sharing last time about how I've, you know, composed music even though I'm disabled because I was able to use electronic instruments and computers mm-hmm. to do what my body can't do. But then in addition to that, you can make your own CDs and you can put them out there and you don't have to sit around and wait for, for you to be discovered by some big mucky muck somewhere who doesn't like you, who doesn't like your music. I mean, most of us who go out there and try to promote our own stuff are, you know, are going to get to our families and friends, and even they wish that you know we hadn't done it. But um, there are people who actually are find a niche or find a a big niche out there because of this, and that's the democratization that people are co creating this world together instead of having it be from the top down. And in the old days we had Terrestrial Radio and you had a couple of uh, big networks and they determined what the content was. Mm-hmm. And today, they don't determine what the content is. They only determine what a segment of the content is going to be like. So what you're saying is is really important because it's, it's really about how our world is changing and how instead of being announcing, which is kind of from the top down, people are engaging people and, and, and the listeners are not willing to settle for anything less.
3: Yeah, you're right. I mean, we're really living now in an on-demand world. It's not so much about what time the, like you said, what time the networks say that the show is going to be on. I mean, we have, you know, video, you know, video sites, uh, YouTube. We've got uh, DVRs. We have everything that allows us to wa- consume what we want when we want it. Yes, it's not so much the time slot anymore. In fact. Uh, you know I don't know if, if you follow the media, the television media, but a lot of the ratings for shows have gone way down. you know where a show used to you know if they had less than a five share of the audience, they would be in danger of being cancelled now you've got shows that have like less than a two share that are making it for years and years and years because they're finding that people aren't watching them Thursday nights at eight o'clock they're watching them whenever they want, but they're watching it Oh my goodness,
0: no, I didn't know see I don't follow. Yeah. This kind of thing that's fascinating, so it's it's uh it's in there too
3: and and look at where some of our sensations have come from um I think I had heard somewhere not that I listened to the guy, but Justin Bieber. I think he got his start on YouTube, mm. you know he just started doing a few little you know singing numbers uh, you know a few years ago, and now he's one of the biggest stars out there, and that's because people discovered him, people mm. liked what they saw. It wasn't some record exec. Um, yeah, you know, it was it was it was very very different when I started on music radio, and it still is to an extent. But you know, I was a music director for a couple of stations, and all you got were the record reps. <laughs> Probably getting some people in trouble right now. You had the record <laughs> reps that were pushing the latest singles and the latest artist on you, mm-hmm. and it was a big. I mean, they would give you it, they were it wasn't payola, but they would give you all kinds of promotional materials. Hey, I'll give you you know, we'll give your listeners 50 tickets to this concert if you just play this record and blah,
0: blah, blah. Mm. And
3: nowadays, it's probably getting harder and harder for them to do that because the people are discovering the music on their own.
0: Wow, I love that.
3: And and it's it's all worldwide. I mean, I can watch something that's really hot in England or Russia right now uh, just as easily as I can turn on my TV and watch something here.
0: Mm-hmm. So that really brings us up to one of the questions that I asked in the the little show description, which is, what do you say to people about working in internet radio? Because uh, I've talked about this myself. That when I first thought about doing internet radio, it's like, wow, well, that doesn't count. You know, it doesn't have because I've been on big programs, you know, national syndication or in the Boston metropolitan area that goes over six states and you've got millions of people listening to you. And, of course, in Internet radio, you're, you're, it's smaller and it starts small. It really starts small. But, it, you know, it grows. But there's that, uh, that snobbery, you know, about terrestrial radio. By terrestrial radio, guys, what we mean is the kind that you turn the dial. Oh no, you don't turn dials anymore. <laughs> that, 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 that makes me sound like I'm older. Well, it, I am older. It's,
3: it's getting Push the button. Yes. It's getting really old. that you know like you said, that snobbery. Yeah. Um, I, again, I'm not going to name names because the, and this is relatively current, but there is a, uh, a radio personality that for many years hosted one of the top rated terrestrial radio programs. And this person recently moved to satellite radio, uh, which, you know, it competes with internet radio, Mm -hmm. but they're on their own platform. I mean, they want people to subscribe, and you have to have a certain receiver to listen to it, and it's a little more limited in that you can't listen to it everywhere. But um, yeah, what uh, this person did was uh, he wanted wanted to pull out of, of the satellite radio industry, because he wanted to have streaming access, Internet sc- streaming access to everybody, just like mm. Voice America's, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And the satellite you know company said, "Of course're not you know we're, that's not our business model, we're not going to do it that way." Um, I think the last I read was that they had settled something to a point, but he wanted to have basically unfettered access to you know so people could could listen to his programs and not just have this one platform yes he had been on terrestrial radio but he knows about the power of listening on demand and the future of internet radio and he said i need to be able to stream i need Mm -hmm. to be able to have my radio show you know downloadable so people can listen to it wherever whenever yes yes yeah, you know, and uh, I, I don't—I yes. don't know what the exact outcome of that was. I sort of uh, last saw the story a couple weeks ago, and I haven't really followed it. But yeah, uh, you know, and all I know is that I think they settled it, but I don't know how they settled it.
0: Well, when people ask you what you do for a living, Jeff, now be as honest as you can be. I'd like you to tell us: Do you ever feel a little bit of a twinge, any slightest, when you say I'm? In internet radio, or are you really completely past that feeling?
3: I gotta tell you, I sort of felt like it was a bigger ball of wax than terrestrial radio. Mm. Um, You know, maybe maybe not so much back then, but think about it: in a in a small community, or even a large city. The strongest radio station is going to have a distance of maybe 100, 150 miles. And generally, when you're that far off, you're not even going to listen to a station. Like, like Los Angeles, some of those stations make it here to San Diego, but they don't really show up in the ratings. Right. But when you're listening to the Internet, again, you've got all you have to do is go to this website on your own time. You can be in Portugal, you can be in Brazil, you can be in Israel, you can be in Canada, you can be in Australia, you can be on some island in the South Pacific, and you're going to get to hear me. You're going to get to hear my show, as long as you have you know, internet access. Right, but
0: not which not everyone does. Yeah. A lot of,
3: Not everybody does, but um, I would say… A lot say, of people
0: do, even on their cell phones. So yeah. you're saying that you don't have even the slightest twinge. No, I really don't. Well, good I for mean, you.
3: In, in, in my opinion, I'm working on a global, larger scale. You know, instead of just yeah. hit, hitting, you know, hitting the people in San Diego, I'm potentially being heard by people all over the world. That's right. And in fact, my radio show had listeners in the UK and and listeners in uh, Brazil on a regular basis.
0: Wonderful. Well, I would like to ask our listeners to spread the word about Inside Out if you enjoyed this program, because you're the ones who are really going to make the difference on whether or not what we're trying to do here has any effect. I mean, we do what we do, but it's really up to you to listen, to send in comments, or to... Uh, to let other people know about the show, and that is happening. Now, I'd like to let you know that we have a caller, but we're very close to commercial break, so w- when we come back, we will uh, hear from, uh, you know, our first caller. Uh, but Madam Mazurka has something to chime in before we go any further. Well, I would like to tell you, darling, that I love the Internet because I am from another uh, culture, from Transylvania, as you know. I have been dead so long. And to be able to be on the Internet radio, because I understand there is no time or space, is very exciting to me, and I want to be on your program. So I have no advantage. What about you, Guru? Um, Well, I I would say that uh, I have no problem being on the internet radio. I think that uh, hierarchical thinking is very stupid. And uh, humanity must get over these ideas that something that is glamorous is necessarily better. In fact, I think sometimes it's better when it is not glamorous, wouldn't you say so? Well, I would agree with both of you, and I appreciate your comments, I would like to say. So we're going to come back in a few, and we're going to have a caller, and uh, then I'm going to ask uh, Jeff a question, which I can't remember what it was that I was just going to ask.
3: It'll come back to you during the break. Uh,
0: Sure it will. So in the meantime, we are going to break, and don't go away.
2: Bring Beth into your world in person or via the internet. Learn how by visiting her website, bethgreen.org. At the website, sign up for her newsletter to keep abreast of her latest activities, blogs, videos, and more. Just for signing up, you'll receive a free PDF copy of Living with Reality, her 688 page volume that helps us understand ourselves in relatable terms, as well as offers a proven program to heal and co create a better world. But there's more. Learn about Beth's four other books, both fiction and nonfiction. Check out her gorgeous music, which is heartfelt and mystical. Become acquainted with Beth and James's programs for healing and training. And discover their community, the Stream Center for the New Spirituality, which welcomes you wherever you are in the world. All this and more can be found at Beth's website, www.bethgreen.org. Again, that's Bethgreen.org.
0: The 7th Wave Channel on The Voice America Network.
2: You're tuned in to Inside Out with Beth Green and co-host James Maynard. To reach us on the show, please call 1 866 472 5795. That's 1 866 472 5795. If you'd rather send us an email, the address is beth at bethgreen.org. Now, back to Inside Out.
0: Okay, for a full disclosure, I remembered what I was going to ask Jeff when we come back, which is I want, him, I want us to have a little discussion about should you consider hosting a radio show on, uh, on Voice America. But before I ask him that question, I would like to invite our caller to speak to us. It's Helen from California. Welcome, Helen.
3: It's good to be here. Um, I wanted to ask you, Jeff, about uh, Internet television. And what you think the future of
1: that might be, if you have any opinion?
3: Uh, it kind of depends on what you're talking about when you say internet television, because on the one hand, you do have the you know IP delivered sources uh, services like Hulu and Netflix. Uh, am I allowed to say that? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure I am. Uh, but you have like Hulu and Netflix, and, and there's actually a few other players in the game. Um, that are just going around repurposing content that's already available on commercial television uh, and doing a few, you know, I guess Netflix and Hulu have both gotten into uh, the realm of producing some programs for their audiences, but for the most part, it's just the same things that you can get on network television plus classic TV, et cetera, and some movies. Um, And then you have the ones that are basically user-curated. Uh, YouTube, for example. Or, you know, I'm, I'll give us a plug, we've got voiceamerica.tv, which has been growing for the last uh, three, I believe, over three years now. Uh, where it's all user-generated content. Um, there's not... Uh, you know, Sometimes you will find programs or productions that were created for somebody else or for another purpose that just happened to find their way onto these services like YouTube. But you know as far as the future of that user generated programming um it it really depends i mean there's a lot to be said i mean you, for on the one hand you've got people that are sitting in their rooms or in their houses doing you know hi it's uh you know jeff jones or <laughs> jeff Gerstle, whatever and you know here's my video blog and you will all watch my head while i talk and listen <laughs> to what i have to say and then you've got people that are really going out there and even some studios getting involved and doing productions, mm-hmm. and that that's unique. I mean, it's you know it's not regulated by the FCC, so you know occasionally you're going to have some language and other uh, situations fly, which is fine. But uh, you're actually seeing what people potentially, just like yourself, are doing.
0: Yeah, and we do a lot of things on video. But see, what I love about is people come to us while they're doing the laundry or driving Mm -hmm. the car, which you can't do. But uh, there's also, I'm sure there's some kind of future for that TV, too, as people start terms like, where do you go for your entertainment? Um, I'd like to go on. Thank you for that question, Helen. I'd like to uh, address the one that that I raised, which was, you know, as I said to Jeff during the break, you know, I had not thought about this as a commercial for Voice America. Um, I wouldn't do that. But now that we're talking, I'm thinking, you know, I bet there are people out there who are thinking, I wonder if I should consider doing an internet radio program. So how about, let's talk about who should be thinking about it and who shouldn't be thinking about doing it and what it takes.
3: (laughs) I don't know who shouldn't be thinking about doing that. I mean, uh, you know, everybody's got something to say. The question is, do you have enough material to carry it for several weeks or a year or even several months or several years? Um, You know, some people do and some people don't. I mean, there is a certain kind of personality you have to have. I generally think that people that have a lot of background material, authors, I mean, you can basically look at every episode as a different chapter. Mm -hmm. People that are used to you know being public speakers or conducting seminars um, you know they're gonna sort of be already kind of cut out for this business mm-hmm. you know it's just sort of translating it to a larger audience um, you're not really seeing this audience but you know they're listening to you they're hopefully consuming your materials looking at your website buying your books um, they like who you are and they like what you have to say but you know there are some people that may not you know oh, look at my look at what I talked about earlier the hollywood talent agent great guy but he probably wasn't cut out for the radio business you know he had he had the material he just couldn't present it in a, a well enough uh, manner that he could keep listeners uh, i mean i know his numbers were pretty low and that sometimes does happen as a side effect of, you know, being up against so many other people. I would say that uh, you know, almost anybody can do it, but there are certain personality types that just probably it wouldn't be a good fit. You know, and yeah. sometimes sometimes you get, you know, our executive producers, they're really good at scoping out, you know, the the right hosts for the shows. You know, mm-hmm. they can just, just through a small conversation, they can kind and I sometimes get it too, but through a small conversation, they can sort of get a feel for who they're talking to and whether or not that person is going to be engaging, whether or not that person's going to be exciting and whether they're going to carry themselves through a good show. You, you know, know, there are I'd, some people yeah. that, that do make it, but they struggle through it. You know, they, they go through, you know, a pilot series and you can sometimes tell, I mean, it's a struggle for them, mm. but sometimes it just, you know, sometimes it just starts out that way. And, and then, then it gets better. five weeks into the show or 10 weeks into the show, they suddenly turn on a dime and everything after that is smooth sailing.
0: Well, I'd like to point something out that people are, uh, you know, listeners may not realize is that somebody has to pay the bills for radio and... Whether you're on terrestrial radio or internet radio, somebody has to pay the engineers mm-hmm. and somebody has to pay Jeff Gerstle and somebody has to pay for all of that. And who's going to pay? The, um, you know, in network television or network radio, you think that everything is being paid for by the network and you think of these hosts as making all this money. But, uh, when I was considering doing radio, terrestrial radio many years ago, I discovered that these little stations, you had to pay them to be on the radio mm-hmm. or you had to somehow come up with sponsors it 's the same thing for internet radio
2: mm-hmm.
0: so some people get extremely indignant when they discover that if you 're starting out in internet radio you 're probably going to have to pay and um, until you can actually start generating uh, you know advertising money so there it is, and that 's something that people should be aware of before they start it 's like anything else. Uh, there's nothing for nothing, and we have to put in both the effort, and it is a lot of, let me just tell you from the other end, Jeff Gerstle is a slave driver. <laughs>
3: <laughs> when why do you I, say that?
0: Well, why I'm saying Not that uh, is that when, uh, you know, in a couple of weeks before you do your show, you think, oh, well, this is, you know, gee, why is it going to take six weeks to get on the air? Well then you find out why it takes six weeks to get on the air because <laughs> you have a lot of work to do, a lot of prep work. And, uh, I, of course, I'm joking that you're a slave driver. But, <laughs> but if you want to have good quality, you, you have to do the work. And so you're investing yourself, right, right. your heart, uh, your money. Some people are, are wealthy, and it doesn't matter. Uh, and you're doing it with an absolute unknown result. You don't know if anyone is going to listen. You don't know if you're ever going to get any sponsors. Um, you don't know if what you're doing has any value. And for me, having been a spiritual teacher and an intuitive counselor, you know, for over 30 years, my motivation is always to try to help. I want to help people. I want to bring fresh ideas and new perspectives to people. And I want to feel that, that all of this effort has purpose, you know, and if it does, that's what makes me happy. There are people who will say, well, you know, I want to do a radio show because I'm going to sell all these books or I'm going to get all these people at my seminars or whatever. And maybe that will work for you.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's both a scary and exciting prospect. I mean, you know, a lot of people want to get their 15 minutes of fame, right? And I guess we. Oh, there you are! I I thought I lost you there, Beth. Oh, Uh, yeah. I mean, a a lot of people want to, you know, they want to find their little moment of fame, and uh, you know, sometimes this seems to be a relatively easy way to break into it. But people don't understand sometimes that it is as much the host as it is the people behind the scenes. You know, it's it's your show. You're creating the content. You're planning it. You're you're eighty percent of it right there. Yes. You know what what I'm doing and what our team is doing I mean that's I always said that's the icing on the cake that's 20% maybe mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. we're setting you up for it we you know we have a great infrastructure here I I've, I've seen some of the other guys out there and I still and it's not just cuz I work here I consistently see that we look better we sound better I think behind the scenes we've got a dedicated group of people here. I mean everybody from you know got us got to give props to the boss. Everyone from Jeff Spinard on down, we've got the experience, you know. i mm-hmm. I've I've been in the radio industry for uh, you know, for 30 something years. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Treasure, our VP of Broadcast Operations. I mean the guy lives and breathes this um he he's got to be one of the most dedicated people I know. I thought I was good coming in on uh Holidays just to check my emails, and I see that he's looking at it. You know, probably sixteen hours a day. I can't believe it. Sometimes,
0: yeah, yeah. Well, you know? I th- yeah. What I was sharing, Jeff, when I think that my voice cut out because this is live radio, yeah. is that for for me, a lot of I see that a lot of people want some kind of an external payoff, like oh, if I do this, I'm going to sell a lot of uh, books. Or get a lot of people coming to my seminars. And that I, I was sharing that uh, even on terrestrial radio, it doesn't always work like that. You've got to do it because you want to, because mm-hmm. you love it, because uh, this is just my feeling, you know, that you really want to do radio and it, you're not expecting any kind of a payoff other than the experience itself. And isn't that really what all life is about? Is that we go for the experience and how many of us get trapped in the idea that there has to be some kind of an external payoff to justify the input of our energy when actually the the experience itself is uh, is something either worth doing or not doing and for me it's been worth doing i agree with you i find the people of voice america are not only professional but also generally speaking extremely warm and uh, very supportive people, and I've really enjoyed this process. So, Jeff, is there one last thing that you would like to share with our audience before we go to James for what's coming up next?
3: Well, I mean, getting back to your point about uh, everybody being really warm, that's because they're in Phoenix. No, I'm just kidding. Only kidding. Only kidding. We're we're in warm climates. We always have the warm
0: But But we're uh, not. (laughs)
3: Honestly, I mean, I I don't know if this is for everybody, but I think that if you have a message that you have something to say, it's always going to be worth a shot. Mm-hmm. You know, we have an, exi- an excellent team of executive producers. I've, you know, I, I'm missing some people giving props. Got to give props to Brandy Jackson, who's our general manager. Um, we have some great people in marketing. Uh, Brooke ide has been with us for a few months. Um, she came back, actually. And she's heading up our marketing team which is going to be doing some just phenomenal force in 2014 I just feel it uh, you know everybody involved we're all here to help you succeed to help the host succeed mm-hmm. and you know if if what was the the VDAL session or VO5 if you don't look good we don't look good that <laughs> but is but true. it is the truth I mean you know yeah. we're here we're here to make you succeed and in turn hopefully you're going to help us succeed and grow and get bigger and bigger and you know, Voice America will become a household name alongside NBC, CBS, and, you know, all those. So,
0: Yeah, I like that and, idea. And really,
3: really, that that's, that's would be a great place to close it.
0: Okay. Well, yes. Okay, so, James, would you like to share a little bit of com- what's coming up? And then I will come back and close the show.
1: Be happy to. Our next edition of Inside Out will be Why Men Are Angry at Women and what some men are doing about it. Don't lots of men express anger toward women by calling them bulldozers, weak, domineering, clingy, ballsy, dumb, or dependent? Don't men often act like babies and criticize women for resenting it? Or feel entitled to dominate women and feel offended when they can't? Why are men so angry with women? Men getting real with men is a group of guys willing to talk about everything, and that includes the way men can still act like little boys who are disappointed by mom. Uh, I'd hate to say that uh, I'm probably in that category myself. They say that (laughs) men are often trying to make their mates into that perfect mother and that they're angry when their women can't or won't go along with the program. They're also trying to do something about it. Meet them on the show, learn what they're doing, and share your thoughts as well. So email or call in questions and tune in next week.
0: You know, I really appreciated uh, what you just said, uh, James. And I would say that like everything, everything is about relationships. That means that so is running an internet radio show. It's about relationships with the people at the studio. It's about relationships with your audience. It's about relationships with your guests, with your co-hosts. It's about relationships. And if you enjoy relating, that is uh, a good sign that you might enjoy internet radio. So join us next time as we find out why men are angry at women. This is going to be a blast. And there's a bunch of guys that are going to talk about what they're doing about that anger. So see you then.
2: Thank you for making us a part of your week. Listen for the next edition of Inside Out with Beth Green and James Maynard next Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Have a great week! Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio.